Hello, and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch a little bit of Pokemon and a little bit of Digimon, and then we talk about it. My name is Stevie. And my name is Sam. And the score currently stands at 25-24 to Digimon, and this time we are watching episode 50, The Case of the Canine Capers and Joe's Battle. administration song this time because we got no messages because i suck at editing and we've been uploading really irregularly and i'm sorry what stevie actually means is that the episode has been out for 20 hours and we've got no feedback from it so that's why because you're not awful you have a life you're a student and you're busy and you have exams so i had exams the exams finished weeks ago well in that case you're a terrible person it's true i'm bad at managing my time but we somehow made it to the 50th episode. Yeah, we've done 50 of these things. It's great. So I just, on the spot, came up with the idea that we should reflect a bit on, this, on the podcast and how we think it's been going. I'm just letting you talk, buddy. I'm just letting you talk. Yeah, Sam is unwell today. I am quite ill. He got a digivirus. I did. I did. I got a computer virus from the internet. So I'm going to have to talk more than usual, so this will go wonderfully. So... We've done 50 episodes in about 10 months, so that's like an average of 5 a month, which is pretty much weekly. My maths is wrong somewhere. We've done more than one a week on average, because it's been like 40 weeks. We've done a fair amount in a short space of time. We, we started with two a week, which is okay, but it was it was kind of a big thing, and obviously we had plans. I had plans that, that took over a lot of my personal time, but yeah, we... Uh, Dropped it down to one a week for a while. Got the hang of it all. And then we went to none a week unintentionally, just because we got busy <laughs> and things happened. Unfortunately, like, we've mentioned it a couple of times. I, I work nights, so my day starts at one in the afternoon. You're a student and you have lectures and stuff, so your day starts about seven in the morning. So, like, yeah, we both live on different timescales. I'm definitely the weirdest one. I... I make it harder to record because I, we can't exactly record in the afternoon and then let it drag because I wake up at one. I've got three hours before we record-ish. Takes about three hours to record an episode, give or take. Plus, as we've been going on, our episodes have been getting longer and longer. Well, they've slowly changed. I mean, I've I've got a friend who's been listening to uh, episodes. Hello, Mike, if you're listening in the future at some point. Also, how dare you? People in my day-to-day life don't know about this podcast. Not because I'm ashamed, but because it's sort of a thing I do, and it's an online thing, and I have my online friends and stuff. And then I have my real world with, with my real world friends and stuff. And a few of them know about the podcast, but I don't, I don't get them to listen to it. Mostly because a lot of them just... I don't know another human being in my actual day-to-day life who enjoys Digimon or even knows it still happens. Aww. That's kind of sad. My life with Digimon basically involves me telling my friends about it, but it it always starts with, okay, I'm going to say a Digimon thing, and then there's the sigh off them going, okay, go ahead. And then I I talk at them about it. I don't force anyone to listen either. But yeah, we've definitely changed over 50 episodes. As of today, today being a Monday, we've actually decided to up the episodes back to two a week. But yeah, so we're going to be up to two episodes a week again for a while, which would be nice, at least until we get through Zero Two. Because you just want to get through that as quickly as possible. (sighs) 
I'm excited for it. I bet you are. I bet you're super excited because because you get to watch just slow decline of, of me being just angry at a show, which is the equivalent of Mad Libs. They've just grabbed half a script and just thrown bits of alphabetic spaghetti at it and then just seeing what words fall into place and going, yeah, these things work. Let's take about nine different concepts and, and add them into this show instead of keeping a solid idea and keeping it running, so... But that's season two, and we'll get there when we get there. Do you want to talk a bit about our plans between seasons? Well, we should, because we've got, what, four of these things left. Well, as it stands, our plan is to do a few specials, which I think will come out weekly because they'll be very long episodes. It gives us enough time as well, because one thing I mentioned fairly early on is like I didn't really want to change the setup of each episode of of the show as we go along. I mean, we've done it to a certain extent, but... We've basically had to stick to what we started with, and that's okay, but I think there are some big changes we can make to how the show's set up and how it's laid out and what we do with it. So uh, it's going to be nice to be able to have a bit of time to finalise that and get us both used to doing it in a different way, because there's a few things that we don't really need to do and a few things that we absolutely should start doing. And there's a few new ideas that we've got for season two, so I think it'll be entertaining. I think I think season two will be really good for us to try out a few th- a few new things. But then we've also got we've got an episode where we look at what Ash is doing from the end of Adventure onwards because Adventure is 54 episodes and Pokemon is 9,000 episodes, most of which is filler. And we, we're obviously not going to get to the point where he does the Pokemon League and whatever happens there. So we're going to have to do an episode where we find out what he does in between seasons, essentially. Because there's a lot of stuff that he does and luckily if we take up the filler, there's you know maybe about... 20 episodes worth of it which is we, we can we can skim and and talk about and um, we've also got the first movie which we're still recording at the moment which is good but terrifying because it's about like we've done pikachu's vacation already that was a couple hours and that's a 20 minute short that doesn't do anything so i'm excited for it it'll be fun then we've also got mewtwo returns and we're also going to do the movie 2000 we're basically doing the things that are encapsulated by the seasons of Pokemon and Digimon. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird system, but I think it makes sense. Yeah, like we can't do the Digimon movie yet because we've not done Zero Two. That's the only thing that's keeping me going through season two, is I know at the end we get to talk about the Digimon movie, which I'm excited for. Well, there's a, a couple of Digimon movies and then more Pokemon movies. <laughs> so another 9,000 of those things, and they just get worse as we go along. We are also planning to do just a massive overview of the whole series. And also where we talk about, there'll be a fun episode where you get to talk about all the facts and stats that we've got because you keep... And I've seen this spreadsheet. It is a terrifying Leviathan of a thing. It's great. I love it. It's great, but I couldn't keep that. It's just all of the show notes, basically. It's everything from like topic length to episode length to the average amount of time we talk about a certain subject. It's it's, it's insane. It's tons of fun. I have, like, line graphs and things. You enjoy graphs. It's cool. Just a bunch of numbers become art. But one thing I do want to do next season is try and find more to discuss in Mono A Mono. Because we've had a few messages throughout the series just saying, like, compare them more. But we haven't really managed to make the segment any longer. We've got a few things that we're going to at least try a little bit of and hopefully... It'll be easier to cut things out once we see what doesn't work than to add a new thing in randomly halfway through a season. But I'm really happy with how this season's gone. Oh yeah, I mean, I've, I was listening to some of the first episodes again 
the other day and I'm not gonna lie they're a bit bad <laughs> but I kind of like where it, it we've got to now which is nice we've had fun doing it granted it's very niche I mean you've, a lot of people either love Pokemon or Digimon there's not too many people who love both so but I, I I think it's good I've had fun I'm excited I'm even excited for, for O2 a little bit. I mean, I know it's a bit of a nightmare, but at least you get to talk about it. We have to do it, because I've bought the DVDs now, so there's no going back. It's like exposure therapy. Come to terms with it just by spending time around O2. We should ask people to send in what the like highlight memories are of us in this series. Then we could just have like, a highlight reel. Goodness, that sounds like a nightmare. All the amount of times you've seen Butterfree. <laughs> Throughout the whole series. Oh, that would be funny. That would take way too many hours. But I think a highlight reel could be fun. Yeah, maybe. Shall we start talking about the show now? Yes. And on to the show. The first episode we are watching this time is The Case of the Canine Caper. Ash and Kyle try to stop a thief in the middle of a forest. They know he's a thief because he's dressed like a thief and someone calls him a thief. It turns out they assaulted a police officer in costume who is trying to train a group of Growlithe to become police Pokemon. Ash sees this and decides that he should also get Pikachu to be trained with them. Officer Jelly says no because that would be dumb and this is official police work and civilians aren't allowed. But she lets Ash train anyway because he really wants to. The next morning, Ash gets exhausted by doing the bare minimum of training before Team Rocket appear to do what they normally do until they are once again defeated by the Pokemon of the week. After that... Ash and Co just leave because they're bored now or whatever. So they are still on the way to Cinnabar Island. Uh, Every episode they just start with that glimmer of hope, just like they are going towards Cinnabar Island. It's been like twenty episodes. It's like twenty episodes now where it's just just filler. I'm I'm kind of actually really done with Pokemon now. And this episode as well is so token. It's they're in a far, they're in place X, and then suddenly stumble across Pokemon of the week. Now they're embroiled in that thing. Team Rocket here to steal the Pokemon. The Pokemon fight back. They leave. I get the impression you want to get through this really quickly. <laughs> oh no, this isn't the entire episode I'm talking about. I'm just saying this is the plot of every single Pokemon episode for the last twenty episodes, apart from like three of them. Basically, if it's got this plot, it's a filler episode. But that doesn't mean we should just write it off as bad. Filler can be fun. Let me tell you why you're wrong here. Okay, I'm not going to do that because you have an opinion. What I mean is, we've seen this episode before, done several times. Just replace Officer Jenny and the Growlithe with something else. You just sound like you're giving up. <sighs> I'm actually really tired of Pokemon now. It's I, I, I'm not... It's not as entertaining as it was when we started. Like, the filler episodes are just filler. You know, you can tell when it starts that it's going to be filler. And you're like, you know what? Nothing that happens right now is consequential to the story. And yeah, there are a few interesting concepts, but I'm just, I just want to get on with the story now. You just want Ash to actually get a badge. I just want him to do the thing. The thing he came to do. Ash isn't good at doing the thing. But let's talk about this episode. Yes, okay. So it starts off with Ashiko wandering through a forest because they always start wandering somewhere. And it's usually a forest. They hear Officer Jenny shouting, stop thief. And then a Growlithe is attacking a thief. They just see a thief and he stood there for long enough for them to be like, oh my god, it's a thief. There's a thief there. And he's dressed in like a, a, a bandit mask and he's got the thief bag. And it definitely had a gun, even though they've edited out guns before. He doesn't shoot the gun at any point though. So that's okay. A Growlithe attacks the guy, and then Ash is like, oh wait, Pikachu, 
use Thunderbolt on the guy because, you know, we can do this now because we're good, upstanding citizens in the middle of a forest. I really thought that Pikachu was going to Thunderbolt the gun, which would be a really bad idea. Wouldn't that have set off the... That's why I'm really glad they didn't do that. <laughs> She's like, no, Pikachu, stop! So yeah, he electrocutes the thief and then suddenly loads of Growlithe surround the gang. And uh, Officer Jenny says that, you know, why did they do that? They've just attacked a police officer. They're training these Growlithe. And we come across one of my biggest problems with this show is that people in this world don't seem to understand the value of offence. That we've had many episodes where the gang are just suddenly in a place and at no point has there been a fence or a wall or a boundary or something saying, oh, by the way, we are now in the place where they train police Pokemon. Or you're now in the Safari Zone. Or one of the many other examples of times where the gang have just wandered into a place and there's just not been a fence or something to tell them that they are there. And then suddenly the people that are there are annoyed at them for being there. It's like, well, there's been no boundary whatsoever. And Pokemon just seems to, to believe that we live in a world where you don't need to wall off these places where you're doing this training. Just in, in a forest somewhere. And that's how a lot of these filler episodes start. They're just in a place they don't know they are. They see a thing and then Ash is like, I'm going to do that now. I've had my rant now. I've had my rant about fences. You're just upset. I'm upset that this is how episodes start, where they just wander into a place and then this is it now. We also get another Pokedex entry of Growlithe. We had one in James's episode and now we've got this one and it's a completely different Pokedex entry. And I'm like, oh, okay. So does it tell you new stuff all the time? It was updated. Okay, but also why? It was updated with a new voice and an entry on Togepi apparently. Just that one entry. It's going to make changes to the Growlithe entry. Maybe, but why? It's not any better than the other one. It's just generic. So, the problem solved. Ash and Co. can be on their way because there's no reason to stay anymore. They could just be like, oh, well, what a silly little coincidence. No, first Team Rocket are spying on them because they need to go and protect any civilians that end up around Ash and Co. They're like, oh my god, our job. These awful human beings, we need to go wherever they're going and basically save anybody that are around them. That's what Team Rocket actually do. But they see the Growlithe and they're like, oh, we should steal all of the Growlithe for the boss. And it's like, oh no, James, you have a Growlithe, but you didn't bring them with you. And also, like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want trained military police dogs. How do you know what the boss wants? So yeah, the gang are allowed to be in this police station, which is really weird. They're there eating food. Like, Surely not every random person from the street can just be like, oh, by the way, we're here now. They are just there and they're eating food and Officer Jenny's just giving them a room to stay in and stuff. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense why they're there. Why haven't they just left and moved on? It's because there's filler plots go on in this police station. But then Ash is like, oh, you train Growlithe here to, to be police dogs? I want Pikachu to be a police dog. That's basically the gist of it. No, I'm like, no, Ash, no, no, stay away, put the plot down, leave it alone, okay? You don't have to be involved in everything. And Ash is like, no, I'm going to do it, even though Pikachu's like a mouse and it's completely different to a Growlithe. I'm going to get him to do the same thing. And Ash Jenny's like, no, no, this is like for police dogs and stuff and that's not a police dog, so... And then Ash's like, I want to be the best, I really want to do the thing. And Jenny's like, okay then, you can, can do the thing. Ugh. So I'm quite tired already. I'm like, okay, yeah, we know what's going to happen now. Now for the plot to happen, because they couldn't have just... They could be at Cinnabar Island at the moment, but no, here we are. We're watching this. But on the bright side, 
During this conversation, Pikachu and Togepi are off having fun. Well, they're on the table and then... They're being adorable. Okay, they're being a little bit cute. They're being very adorable. So then the gang is sleeping and then Arthur's journey wakes them up. And it's four in the morning and that's when they start the training. And Ash is like, nah, I want to sleep in. I'm like, Ash, you are the reason they're still here. They could be elsewhere. You're making us watch this episode. You get up and you do this episode, okay? You go to the training. You go realise you suck at it. And then we can go to the next thing. Be so like, no, just let me sleep in. I'm like, okay, okay. So they're also allowed to sleep at this police station as well because they get so much protagonist privilege. They can do whatever they need to do in the world. And then they head off to do an obstacle course with Officer Jenny and Gromith. So they start that. The first obstacle is a barbed wire grid that's like over half Ash's height. Like he stood next to it and it comes up to like the top of his chest. It doesn't come up to like his knees or whatever. And Ash is like, how are we going to get past this? I wonder. It's very confusing. And Officer Jenny just gets down and starts crawling underneath it. And he's like, oh, I think we should crawl underneath it. Ash, you should know this, okay? It's an obstacle course. You have to get through the obstacle. It's just grass with barbed wire over the top of it. He's not the smartest kid. No. And then two seconds, two seconds into, into crawling, he's now got like a graze on his face. And he's uh, he says, oh, this is tougher than I thought it would be. Really? You're just crawling through grass at the moment. Well, he's very low to the ground. Being low to the ground is tough, apparently. It's hard to move when you're flat on the floor with no room to move. He's got loads of room. That that barbed wire is so much higher than he is. How Pikachu gets stuck in it, I don't understand. Well, it, it's the height of Pikachu, roughly. <laughs> Not in that one shot where he stood next to it. It's, it comes up to, like, his armpits, basically. Well, that shot's just wrong. Well, that's the shot they gave us, so I'm going with that. But yes, Pikachu gets caught in the barbed wire grid. But in, like, a nice way, like, its tail gets pinched to, like, like a corner of the barbed wire. It doesn't get, like, stabbed, because that would have been awful. But Pikachu uses the usual answer to everything and electrocutes it, which electrocutes Ash as well. Even though he's, like, not near the fence, he's, like, low enough to not touch the fence, but, okay, Ash is now electrocuted. We get to the second obstacle, which is just a giant wall. It's a big wall. And then Officer Jenny's like, Growlithe, run up that wall, and it just runs up the wall. <laughs> There's no build-up or anything, it just full-on Naruto's up that wall. And then Officer Jenny also just runs up the wall from a standstill. Like, it's no problem. I'm like, no, that, that wall's got to be a good, like, what, 15, 20 feet high? But they are the professionals, and they know what they're doing. But when Ash comes along, he does not know what he's doing. Oh, he tries to run a bit, and then falls back down. Tries to run a bit again, and just gets his fingers just on the corner. And falls back down. <laughs> Onto Pikachu. Which is kind of bad for Pikachu. Mm, and Pikachu does the thing it does any time it gets in trouble, and just electrocutes everything. And then, I don't think there are any more obstacles, are there? Nope. Now he's done two co- two obstacles. He's sitting on a bench being all like, wow, this is harder than I thought it would be. And then Brock and or Misty, I don't care, they are the same person at this moment. They they are not, they don't need to be here. They've not needed to be here for so many episodes. One of them is like, are you going to quit then? And Ash is like, no, this is what I do because I'm the best. And it's like, you're not, you just say that. Pikachu will be the best. Because Pikachu is the best Pokemon ever. Like, sure, sure, Ash. Well done. And then a bus, shaped like a Growlithe, just bursts through a wall. They custom painted that bus for this particular heist. They didn't use, like, the balloon or anything else. It's just a bus that they've added some felt to and then painted. At least they went to some effort. There they are. It's Team Rocket. Here they come to do the thing, and they're like, oh, we're at the Team Rocket part already. I'm sure we have more 
stuff. No, two obstacles, and that's 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 it. Like they're not trying in this episode. Team Rocket tries. This is like my favorite part of the the episode is uh, Team Rocket's weird biology lesson about Pokemon. Team Rocket's grand master plan. So they've got gas masks on, and they're firing their esophagus, which is a pun. Even though it doesn't affect the esophagus, it actually blocks everybody's sense of smell. And then they've got a second gas, which makes their voices high-pitched like Helium. And Helium Pikachu is hilarious. They're all pretty funny with the squeaky voices. Yeah, but Pikachu's already quite squeaky. It's like, it's squeaky dialed up to 11. It's adorable and funny. So then Officer Jenny orders Growlithe to stop Team Rocket, but they don't listen to Jenny because they can't smell her or hear her own voice. Yeah, they could just look at Officer Jenny and be like, yeah, that's 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 Officer Jenny. We've, we've known her for our entire life. They're like, no, I can't smell her or hear her actually talking. I guess she's not Officer Jenny. They don't understand plain English when it's at a higher pitch, but they do when it's at the normal pitch. Yes, because that's how it works. Basically, Officer Jenny had a cold or something. They wouldn't listen to her because it's not her voice anymore. But also, does that mean that she's the only one who's allowed to control these Growlithe? What happens if somebody else is in control of them? Like another police officer. There were actually other police officers earlier, but we've not seen them since they got back. We don't need them because they're not involved in the plot anymore. They were probably all made redundant when Ash and Co. turned up. Oh no, it's Ash and Co. That means we've lost all our jobs because they want to do a thing now. (laughs) They need your beds and your food. You're fired. I'm sorry guys, but he really wants to do the thing, so bye. (laughs) You sound so enthusiastic. Part of it's I'm just, I'm tired of pokemon now and part of it's because i'm not well so team rocket turned into officer jenny's by wearing her clothes and then having a microphone which can apparently convert their voice to sound just like her and this is amazing they've clearly taken some pointers from duplica i like this voice changing thing and also i've got to say that james does look great in a police officer outfit they both do it looks really cool their costumes are always fun they are i mean they do they do try at least someone's trying in this episode. Ash tries to stop them, but Jesse turns on him and uh, changes into Ash's clothes. And then the microphone can apparently mimic Ash's voice. It has settings for different people. Did you notice that it has? she has Ash's voice even before she does the microphone? She says Pikachu right before she uh, speaks to the microphone. Like before it's set on Ash setting and uh, she has Ash's voice. Oh no! The whole episode is ruined. She uses the voice thing to tell Pikachu to get into the van, and Pikachu just waddles over to Ash and grabs his leg. He's, like, super cute. Pikachu's just amazing. He's just like, no, no, this is my person. You are lying. And it's all because Pikachu knows Ash's heart, apparently. Brock says that Pikachu can feel what's in Ash's heart, so he won't be confused. But it's actually more like Pikachu is literally just stood next to Ash and can see Jesse put on the clothes and become ash and ash is still next to him because he has object permanence and a memory but ash is super sentimental thinking that it's because of his bond with pikachu it's like no pikachu just can remember what happened 20 seconds ago and is not stupid so then jesse sends Growlithe after them and pikachu defeats them by constantly shocking them a lot there's a whole lot of lightning a significant amount of time is just looking at a distance at the police station with lightning bolts coming out of it because that's easier to animate. So Pikachu's tired, and Gryleth is still surrounding Ash, even though, like, surely they should know that Ash isn't bad because he's there training with them, but these Gryleth clearly don't understand. They just listen to orders. That's what they've been trained to do. They're not Pokemon anymore. They're basically tools. So Ash is, like, kneeling next to Pikachu, keeping him propped up because he's really tired. And then 
Jigglypuff appears for about five seconds, just waddles in, says a bit of, sings a bit of its song and then walks away because remember this is a thing kids remember this happening it was so odd and out of place and unnecessary i did feel like jigglypuff was going to put everybody to sleep and then they would have woken up and the gas would have worn off or something but no just i'll sing a line of the song it does absolutely nothing and away i go that's literally it just jigglypuff's still a thing by now It was weird. So then Growlithe, for some reason, decides to have flashbacks of Jenny helping them because Jesse has asked Growlithe to attack Jenny. And suddenly they decide that they know who she is because they've just looked at her instead of being like, oh, no, because we can't smell. We don't know who you are, you random, mysterious stranger. It's because all of a sudden the Growlithe know what is in Officer Jenny's heart. So they all turn on Jesse and James because now they remember that they're like they just burst in through a wall and then they change clothes in front of them. But, you know, they don't have memory. They don't know that isn't a thing. And in the panic, Team Rocket switches up voices a whole lot, and it's really funny. And they end up using each other's voices, because that's a setting on their microphone for some reason. It's amazing. So Meowth panics and just drives off without them, and they follow suit and chase after the, the Growlithe bus, which did nothing in the episode, by the way. It opened the side door. Oh, wow. Slow down with your crazy inventions. <laughs> the Growlithe was supposed to go in the bus. Oh, whoa, whoa. Slow down. I don't think I get this concept of there's a bus and it's shit like a Growlithe. So, honestly, if it was a generic bus, they could have just kidnapped the Growlithe and gone onto like any road or something. But no, it'd be like, oh, chase after them. They're the ones with the bus shaped like a Growlithe. So Team Rocket's plans have been thwarted once again. Oh yes, by the power of friendship. And Ash comes away from this learning that Pikachu is just fine the way he is. No, 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 no. He goes back and he does that training for like six months and then Pikachu graduates as a proper like police Pokemon. And then he realises that they're both stronger for it. That's what happens, right? Because he's so determined to do this. Nah. What happens is Ash comes away from it with completely the wrong lesson. He doesn't learn, wait a second, I shouldn't force my Pokemon to do training that isn't suited for it. Instead he learns... My Pokemon's already perfect and doesn't need to be trained in any way whatsoever. I was just like, yeah, I did two obstacles and they were kind of hard. I think I'm done with it now. We're going to go and do the next thing now. Bye. Pikachu's just fine the way he is. Yeah, so that happened. Ash is an idiot. Yeah, Brock picks up one of the voice changes that that Team Rocket left behind and is using it to make Jesse say things about himself, which is dumb, but also kind of very Brock. It's a joke. But they leave and Brock drops it on the floor because he doesn't care about it that much. And Jigglypuff is there and sees it. And the episode ends with them just walking away. I don't get why Jigglypuff has been such a thing for so long. Or why Jigglypuff hasn't been a thing. Like, we haven't seen it for several episodes. Yeah, but they just keep turning up for some reason. What I do like, though, is that in my notes, I put a typo and I said, why is Jigglypuff still hanging around? I mean, the last episode we had Jigglypuff, wasn't it with Aerodactyl? I think so. And then we've had no Jigglypuff for so long, and now this. What was your favourite thing in this episode? I liked the whole voice switching thing that Team Rocket did, because I found it really fun. Just the whole messing with voices throughout the whole episode was funny and entertaining. It was the, like the best bit of this episode. It was uh, quite fun. And yeah, like I said, they've they've clearly taken some ideas from Duplica and probably stole some of her costumes as well. But yeah, I, I quite like it. I mean, I don't get why they had the Growlithe fan. That did literally nothing in this episode. It drove through a wall, unscathed. They could have used the, the balloon, or just a Growlithe balloon, or anything else. Balloon's a bit slow. They wouldn't be able to get past the security. Security being just a foot-thick wall. Yes. What was your favourite thing? My favourite thing was Pikachu. When Jesse tells Pikachu to get into the bus, Pikachu does 
waddles over to Ash and grabs his leg and is like, no, this is my person. I think it was super cute. I mean, then Ash has his little moment of, oh my gosh, it's because of our bond, but that's not what it is. Pikachu's just like, no, I, I watched you. You're Jesse, and then you put an Officer Jenny outfit on, and then you've put Ash's outfit on. You're holding a microphone as well. I mean, and also I'm stood next to Ash as well, so I know you're not Ash, so this isn't going to work. And Ash is sort of like, it's the bond! It's the bond of friendship! Pikachu's like, I, I don't have time to tell him. It's not that. It's because we're literally stood next to each other. It's almost like Ash and Jesse could like both put on mustaches, and then all the while they're like, oh my god, I don't know who it is! And Pikachu's like, they were just there. The second they put the mustaches on, they didn't become new people. Maybe all the Growlithe are actually blind and they can only see through their sense of smell and hearing. Maybe, but they'd still be able to hear where Officer Journey was. And that would also be a plot point that they would mention. Maybe all the Growlithe are really stupid. That might be it. That might be the one there. You may have... But they make the best police Pokemon. Because they're that stupid, they can follow any commands, even ones with voice changes. Any overall thoughts? It's good filler. I liked it. I enjoyed watching it. It was fun, and it was funny, and I liked it a lot. And Pikachu and Togepi are adorable, and Ash is an idiot, so I like seeing him be punished by failing at obstacle courses. The two obstacles that he has to go against. Yes. I mean, goodness knows what's going to happen when he gets to the big shallow pool of water with the rope to swing across, or the the group of tyres that are lay on the floor. I liked the episode. Are you not sick of filler? I still enjoy watching it. I know that it really does nothing new, but it doesn't mean it's any less fun. We've been essentially chasing our own tail, doing absolutely nothing, just grabbing bits of dirt and like just making little piles of them on the floor and just you know twiddling around thumbs for 20 episodes at least and it just feels so inconsequential and like what's the point of looking at all of it and being all like this is a thing if it doesn't mean anything i had fun watching it but was it fun though yeah i liked it we've seen this plot before but we haven't heard these jokes or seen these costumes before We've literally seen these costumes before. We haven't seen Jesse and James wear them before. And that's worth an entire episode. It's worth it for Team Rocket's fun schemes and Pikachu's adorable nature. I don't know. I mean, Team Rocket's plan was good, but it was just so stupid. And this is all so... I just need him to get to Cinnabar Island soon. Because at the moment, nothing he's done has, has changed the story at all. And nothing's being progressed. He's still on his way there. And I can't. I can't. We've got Piedmon left, and then we've had an entire new arc of villains. Or Ash has just been flapping around, doing whatever he wanders into. I can't do this filler anymore, Stevie. I can't. Okay, Sam, just calm down. It'll be over soon. I'm so tired of... Oh, now we're here. Look, it's a new Pokemon. Pokedex entry of the new Pokemon. Oh, Ash wants to now be involved in whatever this Pokemon's doing. Team Rocket here, they also want to take the Pokemon... Oh, they fought the Pokemon. It evolved or learned a new attack or learned the power of friendship. Then they leave. I'm so sick of it now. I need more. I don't think you're going to enjoy the Pokemon side of this podcast for very long. I will if it gets good. It's a filler episode. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't progress the story anyway. It's Ash just stumbling across a thing and suddenly being allowed to go and get involved in it, even though everybody else wouldn't be allowed. Brock and Misty do nothing. I don't care. It's fun. Ash does the bare minimum. Ash always does the bare minimum, what's new? He basically whinges so that they have to stay there and do the, the training course, then decides to not wake up at four in the morning because it's too hard to do the training. There's two obstacles. He has to crawl and then climb up a wall. And he's like, absolutely not. I'm going to sit here now and be like, oh no, this is difficult. 
But he wasn't expecting to do it himself. One of them was crawling on the floor and he couldn't even do that. Well, he could, and then Pikachu messed it up. He's been at the bottom of the ocean upside down in a boat, Stevie. That was also filler. And that was good because it was so much more interesting than, oh, here was some Growlithe. Yeah, they can't tell who's who now. Bye. But it was fun. Okay, if that's your opinion. Team Rocket made it fun. Somewhat. Team Rocket saved the episode and made it good. I mean, I did enjoy the bits with Ash as well, honestly. There were some bits. There are lots of funny bits in the episode. It's one of the better filler episodes we've had, I think. Okay, it doesn't help that I'm I'm quite annoyed with the... Uh, just because we've not got any more like plot advancement or anything. I think that's really damaging this show. Pokemon! Gotta pad it all out. So buy all of the toys, kids. Play the card game and the video game. And eat the cereal. The second episode we're watching is Joe's Battle. Joe and Mimi are doing the best impression of a Pokemon opening by walking through a forest with side characters that don't really matter. They reach Primary Village, which is just a barren wasteland where everything is grey and dead, except for a Lekmon who has found Matt's harmonica. Joe goes off in search of Matt, leaving Mimi behind with her army of Digifriends. Meanwhile, Ty's group somehow ends up on the top of Spiral Mountain, where they're attacked by Lady Devimon, who is eventually defeated by Anjuamon. Piedmon starts rolling, the kids start hating, and Ty sends off TK and Sora to gather the others. So, Joe and Mimi are walking uphill with the new, well, not newfound Digifriends, old-found Digifriends, Miramon and Frigimon. Well, it's got Miramon, Frigimon, Ogamon. Well, Ogamon was already there. And so a Gekamon and Otamamon. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm just saying that, that that's that's her army at the moment. This lovable band of side characters. As Ogamon complains that Frigimon's too cold and Miramon's too hot and they need to stay out of his personal space. Well, I was wondering why like these are all like champion level Digimon who won't do anything significant against Piedmon. I was like, Well surely they have some ultimate level friends who they met on their journey and I was like, Oh, they all got killed. Piximon and Waymon. Or Andromon, but Andromon's with the other gang, so... I was like, oh dear, that's awkward. Could have found Monzo, man. It attacks with hugs. I doubt it'll be any good. Maybe, if they just gave Piedmon some therapy. Just give Piedmon some love, and he'll come around. But yes, they're all walking along, and then Mimi gets tired of walking again, and falls down and starts moaning. So Gekamon and Otamamon and everyone all wander off to get Mimi food, because this hasn't happened before. Mimi's already been through the thing where she's developed and doesn't need to be spoiled anymore you mean she had a character arc that they've forgotten about yeah like do you remember the whole episode where crest started glowing again you mean where she wasn't princess meanie anymore where she stopped being a whining princess well she says she wants food and then uh they all wait on her again yeah they come back with like a small buffet yeah they just visited the local supermarket which would be you know in a cave somewhere but there it is which i'm absolutely okay with that's fine and then Frigimon calls down the drink for them, and then Merrimon cooks the fish, which is kind of cool. I mean, it'd be weird if they weren't there, like especially if Merrimon wasn't there. They're like, oh, we've got some raw fish, now let's make a fire. Merrimon's like, nope, I got this. So the plan is to cook a nice meal for Piedmon. And Joe has a flashback of someone telling him he doesn't have to be a doctor if he doesn't want to. I think it's his brother, Jim. But he gets up and uh, goes to Ogamon and takes over being the lookout while everybody else rests. And then it cuts to TK and Kari, who have made a small grave for Numamon. Who died in the last episode? They're just straight up praying because they're they're 
giving their condolences to their friends who got killed because Carver is stupid. Like, what religion do they follow? Because they've got their hands put together praying. I don't know. It's just a thing they did. They just did a thing. Do they believe in God? I guess they do have Angel Digimon. Do they believe in Digigod? Maybe they're praying to Digigod. But also, like, Sora and Tai are further ahead. In my notes, I say Sora and Tai because I can't see Izzy. I mean, I mentioned it later on that Izzy's also there, but I just couldn't see I couldn't see Izzy. Is it because he's, like, really small? He's not in many shots except the ones with his laptop. Izzy just is a laptop. They could replace Izzy with just a functional laptop and it would still be okay. So Izzy has this brilliant plan to get Andromon to heat up where they are so he can get a scan of the surroundings. Because that makes sense. You've missed a whole chunk there, dude. My notes just skipped to that. It's like the bit with Pajmon talking to Lady Devamon, I guess. Yeah, Lady Devamon appears. And then it also cuts back to Joe and Mimi, who are in Primary Village. And they're sad, because everything is dead. Yeah, because all the colours gone from Primary Village, it's all like grayed out and all the eggs are there, which is awful. Because like that's essentially uh, Digimon stuck in limbo as unhatched eggs. I don't think they're conscious when they're eggs. Oh, I don't think they're like awake i think it's like they're in like an, an eternal slumber and is this where the harmonica is playing over the horizon yeah they just hear like the briefest bit of a harmonica and at this point i was scared matt would return but he doesn't return this episode thankfully but yeah it cuts that's when it cuts to uh izzy hacking andromon hacking andromon who's heating up the surroundings so they can work out the location and they somehow managed to wander up spiral mountain and now they're on the summit. How that happened, I don't know. And they don't know. Nobody knows. They're just there. And I think that's quite cool, because it's just Digiworld win. It's just like, oh, we're up here now. <laughs> I don't know how we walked up here, but we're here now. Laws of physics just bent around them. The scan of Spiral Mountain is a really long spiral, so I don't know how they managed to walk up there. It's odd. And at this point, Andromon ruins Lady Devimon's dramatic entrance and a catfight ensues. Lady Devimon just appears and Andromon calls her one of uh, Padmon's nightmare soldiers, which is cool because that's the category that they're part of. Kormon jumps at her to travel to Agumon, gets hit, which makes sense because she's an ultimate and Agumon is a rookie. Then Patamon, Biomon, Tentamon and Gatamon all evolve because they all get their little evolution scenes to fight her. And she laughs and says they uh, just made her job a lot easier, but I'm like, but how? They literally got powered up. So that's going to make the job harder. But they are also bigger targets and they are still lower levels. So they all use their stock footage to attack her. And uh, Ty asks TK and Sora to go find Matt to bring him back so that they can fight Piedmon. Which is quite good. Uh, well, he, he asks them to bring back... To just bring back everyone, basically. And says that he wants everybody there. And he's also saving War Greymon for the fight. Unless he's absolutely necessary. Because he can save them for later on. Because he's their trump card. And that's quite cool. Because Ty's finally starting to think more tactically. As opposed to everybody attack now. I mean, they, they are all attacking now. Apart from War Greymon. But he is kind of their most powerful unit. It then cuts to Elekmon playing Matt's harmonica. And he's sad because of Primary Village. Joe and Mimi ask him to come and join their little army, and he's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I'm very good and stuff." And then eventually, like, he agrees and tells them that he saw someone going across the lake in a swan boat. They're at a lake, by the way, because probably very just next to a lake. But yeah, he says he see, he saw a swan boat, and everybody thinks it's Matt. And Joe asks to go off alone for a while to sort a few things out. Good old reliable Joe, leaving off on his own. I kind of liked Mimi for this. She asks him like if he's sure he wants to go and do this. Like she's not going, oh, but you're gonna leave me. She's like, oh, are you, are you absolutely sure you want to go and do this? You want to go off by yourself? And uh, that if you should go, like if he wants to go, then that's fine. Just are you like okay with this? Do you need to go and do this? Which I thought was quite nice of her because she could have complained about being left by herself. 
it cuts back to Izzy and Kari who are watching Lady Devimon and Angel Woman fighting. But they're not really fight fighting. They're like pulling each other's hair and slapping each other and throwing insults at each other about having bleached hair. And I'm like, please stop this. It's a cat fight though. And then for no reason, Cabritarimon evolves to make a Cabritarimon. Izzy's like, oh, we, we shouldn't watch this, but I can't take my eyes off it. And Kari is behind him shouting for Andrew Woman to destroy Lady Devimon. Which is a bit weird. She doesn't usually want to kill things. Well, it's more that, like, in Digimon, they use their stop footage attacks and stuff to fight. But this is less that. This is more just screeching and slapping and angry cat noises. And that's because it's two women fighting. And it has to be slapping and hair pulling and insults. Because girl... And that's how it works. Andrew Woman gets thrown to the ground and Lady Deathmon goes to stab her with like a weird warping arm that turns into a spike. But Mega Cabritaemon, who is a giant Digimon, somehow just gets in front of her and she hits her like spike arm off his shell and says that like, he says something about breaking her nail or something like that. And then Andrew Woman gets up and uses her celestial arrow and destroys her in one shot. Which begs the question, is like, why didn't she do that at the start? Because Lady Devimon wasn't any weaker than the, when they were fighting. Like, Mega Cabritaemon didn't attack her or anything. He just blocked an attack. Which means that she could have defeated her just by using Celestial Arrow. So, like, why did we need girl fight? It's called filling for time. I don't know. It's just weird. They need to have something else going on while Joe and Mimi are sorting out their thing. I suppose. I suppose Lady Devimon's like just another Kiwimon or Garbage Mon. She is just a bit on the side. Lady Devimon gets defeated and Ty looks out to see Piedmon just slowly walking towards them. Which is all kinds of intimidating because he's like really small. If he was this giant thing on the horizon it'd be intimidating but no. But he's just this tiny man-sized thing that's walking towards them. And he is super powerful. And I think he has a tiny head. Yes, he does. And a weird, like, stalks of celery hair. The proportions are odd. But still, there's this tiny little man running, or walking, very slowly towards them. So we get Agumon's Warpage Evolution animation. Because now's the time to use the trump card. And uh, there the episode ends with just us looking at Piedmon, who is laughing to himself, walking towards him. Just a lot of back and forth between Wargreymon and Ty. Just going like, wait... Oh, but waiting so boring, Ty. No, wait. We're waiting for Joe and Mimi and Matt and Sora and TK. These are all the people we are waiting for as they build up to end the episode. Which is cool because that means that the next episode is going to be something exciting. I hope. Cool. Any other notes on this episode? I'm glad Kari did something and wasn't possessed for once. What did she do? She cheered on Angel Man, which is more than she usually does. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Normally she sits there and just is is suffering what was your favorite thing i'm actually going to say ty because this episode's really good at displaying how he's grown as a leader i've actually got the same thing i've got ty's display of of leadership skills great minds think alike he's not doing the let's just rush in and just fight he's like no okay if we use some of our resources now and save some of our other resources for later on because there is another fight after this one so if we uh get some of our teams just hold back and keep their full strength and then we can use that later on whilst the others are recovering and we can also pad for time a little bit it's quite good to see him do that for a change and it's nice to see that being full leader mode okay uh overall thoughts it was all right yeah i mean it's okay it's 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 like part two or three if that makes sense like it's not exactly the final battle but it's not like they're building up to fighting the dark masters it's after machine Tremon and before piedmon so it's that little gap in between nothing really happens apart from a fight with lady devimon but it's still it's still good i mean we're still learning a few new things it's okay i'm a bit annoyed at how mimi behaved 
in some of the parts of the episode because it feels counterproductive. She still regressed a little bit character-wise. And I don't really get what Joe's battle is. Yeah, it's called Joe's battle, but there isn't a Joe's battle. It's more just Joe has self-doubt and wanders off to find Matt. He doesn't really do that much. He's just doubting whether he's going to be a doctor or not. Or whether he can actually be reliable. So to prove he can be reliable, he leaves on his own. Which is like the least reliable thing to do. Oh well. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we talk about the similarities and the differences in these episodes. What was your monster of the week? Piedmon. Okay. He has a cool voice. He reminds me a bit of James, actually. And he's very menacing when he's walking towards the kids at the end of the episode. Just taking his time because he's in no rush to... Just completely destroy them. He's savouring this moment. He's going to have fun killing them. But what was your monster of the week? Mine is monsters and it's Mimi's little army because it's quite cute because they're all champion levels and they won't really be able to do anything against Piedmon. So So your monster of the week is just weaklings. It's just this little ragtag team of of Digimon that she's somehow found and thrown together. It's it's quite cool. I mean, there there are stronger Digimon that they could have got, but they haven't. You do realise they are just the Brock and Misty of that group. Yes, but that's fine. At least they get their own little segments. Brock and Misty don't get anything apart from snide comments. Which one do you think has the best storyline? Pokemon. Ugh, how dare you. Pokemon's had a narrative thread. I mean, in Digimon, nothing really happened. We've got two storylines happening at the same time. But nothing's really happening in either of them. Nothing's happening in Pokemon either. In Pokemon, the thing happens with Growlithe. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? And then they save the Growlithe. And then what? And that's it. Ash learns the wrong lesson, but he still learns our lesson. In Digimon, they walk to Primary Village, and it's dead. And then they recruit Electmon, and Joe goes to find Matt. But also, they've defeated Lady Devimon. Lady Devimon, who didn't really need to be there. Moody Growlithe. Well, Pokemon don't need to exist in the world of Pokemon. Okay, if you take out Lady Devimon, the plot can still happen. They would just get to Piedmon faster. If you took out the Growlithe from the episode, nothing would happen. I don't know what point I'm trying to serve with that, but there we go. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to work out, just like... Are you saying that the Growlithe did more than Lady Devimon, or less? They were more integral to the plot. Yeah, like, Lady Devimon's literally just a delay. And Joe and Mimi are just wandering around recruiting Digimon, which we know they've been doing anyway. Really not much is accomplished in either episode, but that's going into similarities. Speaking of which, are there any similarities? They both start in a forest, and that's the only similarity I could come up with. I've got, we've got returning characters. We've got Growlithe, which we've seen before in Holy Matrimony. And we've got Electmon and Frigimon and Merriman. We are reunited with things that we've seen before. Differences? Like I've said, I'm actually getting really bored with Pokemon now. Like, 20 episodes of pure filler. And if the next, like, five episodes filler, it's literally half a season worth of, of, of Digimon. is just pure filler. That's awful. With Digimon, it feels like it's so close to, like, the final episode and it's the big battle. Ash is literally just deciding to get involved in a thing again, which doesn't concern him again. And that, that it bothers me when that's the plot. I like it when they do filler and it's good filler. It just, it, it's it's bad filler. Like, nothing new happens. Like, it, we don't even get to see a new Pokemon. Normally what filler does quite well is it will show us a new Pokemon and show its, its aspects. In this one, Ash got the wrong story. Like, he learned the wrong thing and nothing new happened so yeah that's a difference your difference is that you didn't like pokemon but you did like digimon yeah 
Yeah. I think they were both filler in different ways. Oh, yeah, like, Digimon padded it out. Like, there was lots of evolutions and stock footage. There was a fight that didn't need to do anything. Very little was accomplished in either of them. I feel like they needed a fight scene in it because it's Digimon. If they took that out, it would basically just be they arrive at a place and Joe and Mimi have a conversation. But because it's it's a show for boys, they've got to put in that fight scene. Here's a difference. I think Digimon was more sexist this episode. We had Officer Jenny, who is a symbol of authority and is a strong female character. And then... There's just Angelamon and Lady Devimon having a cat fight in Digimon. Okay, she can climb a wall and crawl and stuff in those heels if she gets respect. Because heels will kill you. You will die. Yes, that is true. Are we ready to decide a point? Yep, and I know you're going to pick Pokemon. I've preferred Pokemon this time. I'm going to fight you for this one, though, because, like, it didn't do anything. The plot wasn't advanced. We didn't even get a new Pokemon. But it was fun, and that's what matters. Okay, actually, you know what? I'm not going to fight you because I'm feeling quite sick. Sometimes I don't care about character development and interesting plot lines. Sometimes I just want silly jokes and a fun time. Pokemon can have the point because of Pikachu being adorable and Team Rocket with their smart ideas. Yes, I'm fine with giving Pokemon the point. I did find Digimon just pretty boring this time. That's fine, you're allowed to think that. I mean, it wasn't the most entertaining of episodes, and it was like, it is that in-between, it's like, I don't know, it's not a start of anything, it's not the end of anything, it's just that middle bit. I think Pokemon trades off being serious and all that deep stuff for just being silly and fun and enjoyable to watch. Cool. So the score is... 25-25. Oh, lovely. I've just enjoyed the last two episodes of Pokemon for some reason. Well, good, good. They've been fun filler episodes. Join us again next time we'll be watching episode 51. The Crest of Friendship and Pokemon Paparazzi. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the will thread and email which are all linked in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Case of the Canine Caper. Case of the Canine Caper. Yeah. I don't think it's Capers because the episode... It doesn't matter because it's not even about a Canine Caper and it's not even about Joe, so... And they spelt Canine wrong. It's got nothing to do with Doctor Who. They spelled the letter K and then nine for no reason. Oh my god. No. (laughs) I've seen the titles for the episodes next season and I think it's going to be a whole lot more filler. Okay. I think I'm going to enjoy it from like... I think season three might be good because... They have other things, like they have contests and stuff that they can do, so at least there's filler that's different. But Johto Journeys might be uh. your personal hell. <laughs> well, I do really like Johto, so we will hopefully see. not. Pokemon Johto. See, I'm even thinking of the next season, and it's already made me feel better. As a random tangent, do you remember the cereal? No. It was basically like um, Lucky Charms, where it was your generic cereal blob things and then it had the marshmallow shapes and they were like on the box it had like um articuno but inside it was uh ditto oddish polywag and stuff like that 
but it was all like that weird that weird like crunchy marshmallowy stuff they put in used to put in cereal but it's really bad for you mm. but it's actually really delicious and it's like the best part of cereal huh I never had cereal. I never had Pokemon cereal, but I did have Pokemon vitamin pills. Of course, they were a thing. So it was like oh my Pikachu, God. Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. And they were all different colors, they, and they were vitamin they pills. They sound actually amazing. I mean, I've got like I have some old vitamins, and it's basically like a beige tablet. That would be so much cooler if it was like eating a small Pikachu. It's also kind of dark. <laughs> Just like I'm consuming these Pokemon whole. For their nourishment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to some Digmans. You could say that everything in Primary Village is all grey and dead, and Electmon's there just grey and dead on the inside. I'm not going back and changing that. I'm not saying go back and changing it, I'm just saying that you could could argue that he's dead on the inside. But he's not. He's still full of (laughs) colour. On the outside, on the inside, he's just grey and dead, because... eh. Well, that's a bit too depressing. I just really like that Coromon calls Machine Jumon Mr. Mean Old Metalhead. That's not how you actually pronounce that, you know. Mr. Mean Old Metalhead. It's, uh, well, obviously, like, all that city stuff is being destroyed because of Machine Jumon being destroyed. But that's not how you pronounce it. It's Machine Draymon. Don't. <laughs> what? Just don't. What? What's wrong with that? It's pronounced Machine Draymon. The Machine Draymon. Draymon. It's because of the Machine Draymon. Like, I, I thought it was just Gigi Mom that did that, which I was fine with. But I was like, oh no, oh no, they all, they all call him Machine Draymond. They're all doing this. Do, do they not know? Uh, that's a reference to Digimon World Next Order, in in that uh, Machine Draymond's pronounced Machine Draymon. That's pronounced the Machine Draymon. Which is weird. Machine Draymon. Okay. Have you met Yukimura yet? Yes, he has the weirdest voice. <laughs> Yeah, that's the most unexpected <laughs> He's the most choice. sophisticated Gilmon ever. That's the most that's the most obscure decision for a voice ever. If you look at oh, slight spoilers for for Next Order, by the way, but not really because it's just a thing. Spoilers. Um, there's Machine Draymon, <laughs> and there's a Gilmon which sounds like uh, Yami Yugi from Yu Gi Oh. I'm pretty sure that's the voice actor. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like I in a box. It sounds like I am currently inside a box. Kota, you have a lion's heart. I am inside a box. Sounds more like Leoman. Yeah, yeah, actually, I can see that. Jerry. He's just like, Kota, I'm currently inside of a box. Look at me. Kota, I'm enjoying this box. I am enjoying this box. (laughs) Kota, I in a box. I in a box. Uh, Kota, uh, we need to digivolve to defeat the machine, Draymon. I am weak. But but I'm still within this box. It's just like a gallant model with a box on his head. I love it if it's just if there was just a side digivolution of Gilmon where it's just every digivolution is exactly the same except it has a box or, around it. Or like it's a gallant mon but he's got like a single toe dipped into a box. <laughs> no, the Kota, box look, the box has to grow to constantly contain the entire Digimon. That's They're how just you called get, like um, Box Gilmon, Box Growlmon, Box Wall That's how you get um, Gallantmon Crimson mode. It's like Gallantmon Box mode. Just box. <laughs> he's in a box. That was a tangent. That was a tangent, yep. 